Welcome to Reteach, a place where professors know that student equity gaps can be closed and are willing to put in the work to figure it out. We are dedicated to our teaching and our students. We are passionate about improving our classrooms and our communities. We can make a difference. We will make a difference. I am your host, Bruce Hoskins, and my mind and heart are ready to learn. So what's up, everyone? So, hey, look, this is going to be the last episode for season one. And who would have thought, right, that this was going to wrap up in the middle of a global pandemic? I mean, if you would have asked me to bet that (laughs) a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, probably not. And here we are. Right. And so. Uh, look, folks, it's like, you know, as, as, as much as I, I have been trying to avoid this, I really think that wrapping up this episode, I need to do I need to talk about COVID-19 while black, like straight up. This is something that has been on my heart for a long time. And I'm literally I've literally spent hours just trying to get up the nerve to actually just talk about this in correlate this to what I've been experiencing with talking about equity on campus, right? COVID-19 while black is, is mirrors in a lot of ways, talking about student equity and trying to close equity gaps. And, you know, one of the first things to say in this space is that, you know, here I am saying COVID-19 while black. It's like, that's, that is like, it's, it's really weird that, when we start adding in the word, when we add in race, and that's, and I'm saying that exactly how I mean it, when we add in race, right? Because we, because when we talk about equity, right? Equity is supposed to be race centric. Like you're supposed to start with race and then move off into the other groups. However, when people think about equity, most likely, like most people are thinking about like poor students and first generation students and uh, veterans and LGBTQ plus and it's like and which are very real and valid groups to to have and to focus on and yet at the same time it's like race is additive it's something that you tag on at the end because we really think there is a lot of us who really think that a universal approach is going to solve race-specific problems. And I'm going to tell you that all this COVID-19 stuff, oh, COVID-19 while black, this is really making it clear to me that we cannot use, have universal solutions for race-specific problems. Like we keep on running into this thing. And so let me, let me, let me do this my way. And just talk to you, right? And so with COVID nineteen, so so here's something that I'm I'm really uh, understanding. It's like I'm I'm really concerned. I've, I've I've been thinking a lot about people invading my space. And what I mean by that, right? It's like I'm I'm actually deathly afraid of like the the random ass white person, male most likely, who's going to come into my space because he is not going to respect. The social distancing rules. He is not going to respect me as a person. He is not going to have a mask on. And they're going to come into my space and expect me to be in some way, shape or form okay with it 
and or to not defend myself as I'm going in this. And then I'm thinking, okay, if I defend myself was like, look, that's going to be kind of weird because, well, I, I think I could physically defend myself. But if you're this random white dude <laughs> who's uh, the, the images that I'm getting of this random white dude is that they're probably also going to be armed. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, am I really like I'm, I'm going to risk my life twice in this altercation here? Like, like, uh, or am I going to try just that much harder to stay away from random white dudes? And, you know, you could be as mad about this as you want. Check, check your freaking news feeds. <laughs> if you're, if you're struggling, well, why is it that I'm concerned about random white dudes who are heavily armed and, um, you know, standing in front of state buildings and not being arrested or just saying, I'm just throwing that out there, but it is what it is, right? And so I think about invading space. And I, and I understand now that, you know, my black body, when it comes to equity, that my black body is invading the college campus space. It invaded it as a student. It, I'm invading it in, to whatever degree as a faculty member. I always feel like I'm invading someone's space. And me, I actually am very respectful and 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 thinking of people and their needs and stuff like that. And so it it it's really um hard for me to be in a space and feel like I am invading the space. I'm I am violating, I am in some way I'm not welcome in these uh, uh, here and whatnot. And you know, folks, I, I get it. I get it. It's, I get that this may sound like my opinion. However, I've been um, doing my own research uh, on my on my campus and have collected data, um, a lot of data, as a matter of fact, in my stats class. Um, and I'll talk about this in another space with like what I actually do. However, you know, over the last four years, I've been able to collect like every single time we've gone out, I've collected, the students have collected around about a thousand surveys every single time. And so we're surveying a thousand students out of a 15,000-ish, you know, student population. And so we're getting, that's really strong numbers. Um, and the reason why I'm saying this is to say that me talking about me feeling like I'm invading, feeling like I'm unwanted, feeling like I'm unwelcome in this space. It actually has demonstrated itself from black students' perspective in regards to feeling welcomed and uh, by faculty and staff members. They feel unwelcomed by faculty and staff members, and they feel unwelcomed by students. And they are the only racial ethnic group that is statistically shows this, that they feel that they're more likely to feel unwelcome, unwanted by faculty and students. And so what I'm telling you about, right, this, this COVID-19 and invading spaces, it's like I, I, this is parallels me being a black person in, in this space and feeling to whatever degree or being very conscious about invading space and not being welcomed and wanted um, and things like that. Um, another thing that I think of with COVID-19 is this whole face mask thing, right? It's like, look, to, to me, the face mask thing takes a whole different level when you're black um, because now I have to think about what I actually am. Well, I got to think about what I actually put on my face um, in a way that clearly white people do not have to think about in regards to putting something on their face, okay? And so for me, 
I knew right off the bat, it's like, okay, so I'm not going to wear no red bandana. I'm not going to wear no blue bandana. I'm not going to wear a black bandana, uh, stuff like that, right? It's like, I'm not going to wear things like that because those are readily associated with gangs and things. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to catch no beat down uh, from, uh, (laughs) I'm not trying to catch no beat down from anybody, right? It's like nothing gang affiliated. And then also police officers harassing me. It's like, I'm not ready for that either. It's like, look, I've been living a very (laughs) quiet middle-class life over here. And so look, I don't want the police to to be invading my space. I don't even drive, like, look, I drive a, you know, I already told you, I drive a hybrid Toyota Camry. We got a Toyota Sienna and then I got a Jeep Compass, Right. And so, look, I'm, I'm <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to stay uh, stay away from any, quote, stereotypical black people, gangster cars and stuff like that. I'm not driving a Cadillac Escalade, although I love Cadillac Escalades. I ain't gonna lie to you about that. I'm not driving a Chrysler 300 or you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm just it's, it's just a very real thing that I'm very conscious about not being in a certain car. I'm very conscious about what I can and can't wear on my face. While clearly a white person can wear a KKK hood or a Confederate flag, right? Thing to cover their face. And that's okay. And that's okay. The police officers are going to just say like, ah, yeah, you good. Well, I'm, I'm clear. Clearly they will harass. Not, I don't, I shouldn't say harass. They'll, well, I'll, I'm, you know what the hell with that? I'm going to use the word harass uh, in this space. If I was wearing a black bandana, like I said, black, red, or or blue, right? Well, if I'm walking around with some KKK hood or a Confederate flag, oh, so this is okay. This is, this, I guess this, that's protected under freedom of speech while the other things are gang affiliated. Well, here's the deal. I can fix that real quick. Just like I can fix some of these equity things real quick in a, a, quick in a classroom, like no late policies or um, having a doctor's note in order to be able to excuse something. I can fix that real quick. I can fix those things easy. Right. Just like I can fix this Confederate flag and and white supremacy thing. All we have to do is just designate that they're a gang affiliation and then we're we're done. Right. KKK has demonstrated clearly that they are domestic terrorists. And so I don't know why anyone would even hesitate to even declare that. Right. While the Confederate flag is surely a gang sign. Right. It's like, well, you know what? Let's not even use the word gang. Let's just talk about it's an it, can we use act of treason? <laughs> How about that? It's a representative of a is representative of a treasonous group of people who try to separate and create a whole nother nation out of the United States. How about that? How about that not be okay? How about that versus the color of your bandana or something or the color of your face covering? I'm I'm just I'm I'm on one right now, but y'all just gonna have to keep up with me as I'm going on with this, right? And so not only are we talking about like COVID-19 while black, it's like the police officers are disproportionately enforcing um things, right? The the whole face mask and social distancing, they're they're disproportionately enforcing that against black bodies. Again, if you don't check your news feeds, you're not seeing that there are black people being brutalized, literally brutalized for not wearing a face mask and stuff like that, which don't get me wrong. The face mask thing is important. I wear my face mask. 
I'm good. I hear you. I understand. Right. That I'm not excusing not wearing a face mask. What I'm saying is, is that those same black, uh, those same police officers, when they're interacting, when they're shown interacting with white people, uh, those same a lot of those same. Well, not all to say the same police officers, but in those same spaces, because this is New York that they're uh, coming up with a lot of these images is that you'll see police officers handing out masks in space, like with white people and stuff like that. Don't hand out a mask. If you're not wearing a mask, they'll hand you a mask, right? But if you're black and you don't have a mask on, this is cause for a beat down or to be arrested, to be fined, to be kicked off or whatever. It's like that that's so 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 think about this, right? So so what I'm thinking about this disproportionate enforcement pre-K through 12 system, that there is a disproportionate impact on disciplinary measures on black bodies in that space also. So COVID-19 while black and seeing all of this stuff, you see the same stuff in the in the pre-K through 12 system. And so look, in this research that I was seeing, it's like literally um, is it, basically a focus on black students being uh, far more likely to not only be punished for the same things that white people, that white students do, but not only are they more likely to be punished, but they're more likely to be severe, more severely punished than white students also, right? And so, and so that mirrors the face mask thing, right? It's like, it's not only that you're going to be, that you're black and you're more likely to get fined or whatever for the face mask, but it's also, you're more likely to be arrested, right? You're more likely to be, um, you know, it's like, it's, 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 you're more likely to be brutalized and thrown uh, and physically thrown out of places and things like that. While I live in Southern, San, in Southern California, there was some dude in Santee or whatever, wearing a KKK hood. Like, so that's what we can do. That That's that's how we roll now, right? Just saying, right? It's like this disproportionate impact and then just excusing, right? Just excusing the, the role of whiteness in, in, in all of this, right? And so that's what I mean by, right? COVID-19 while black, it's like this is systematic. Like this, this is revealing to us the institutionalized systematic racism um, against black bodies. It, it's, it's magnifying it. It's like we already knew it was there. Any equity person in their right mind already knew it was there. But this COVID-19 while black is magnifying it, right? It's putting it under, it's like it was already, it's like we were already looking at it, but now it's under a magnifying glass, right? And so then the, the thing that's pissing me off in this space also is that, so the, so the, the, the mayor of New York, when, when he found out all of this data, what he decided was, oh, so we're not going to enforce the, the face mask thing anymore. Okay, cool. So there's a pandemic happening in your city that the face mask is going to help, but because you can't get your, your people trained right, we would rather not enforce the face mask rule. Really? That's the solution that we're going to come up with? I mean, think about it. If we were an institution and we said something like that, and we was like, you know what? Hey, you know what? A lot of people are failing... Uh, a lot of people are not getting their degrees um, because they're failing math classes. And so why don't we just not teach math anymore? That just sounds that's just dumb. Right. Please don't misunderstand. There's a lot of things about math that we can change and adjust. And I think we're doing a great job of that in a lot of spaces now. So please don't misunderstand that. What I'm saying is, is that taking the approach of, well, let's just not deal with it. Racism is still happening. The differential impacts are still happening, right? It's still happening. 
even if you choose to ignore it, right? It's still happening. And that's the constant space that I keep on coming up with, uh, keep, keep coming back to when it comes to equity, right? When it comes to equity. And so, you know, is, is that is like, like, even if I can demonstrate to you, right, with statistics and things like that, um, a, a lot of folks, it's like a lot of folks right off the, right off the, the bat, they're going to be like, they're not even going to be convinced, right? It's like, you know, I just told you about uh, the, the data set that I collected. Like a lot of folks, they could just argue. It's like, ah, I'm not, I don't believe that. It's like, you know what? I mean, I, I don't know how I could make this better for like statistically or whatever, but it, it, the statistic, the stats are what they are, right? But let's say you are convinced, Right. Let's say you are convinced about the equity problems. Well, like right, COVID nineteen while black is like. Let's say you are convinced that this is uh, disproportionately impacting. Right, the that 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 police officers are disproportionately arresting um, and enf- enforcing and arresting black folks for the the face mask stuff. Right, uh, a lot of folks would just put the blame on black folks. It's like, well, just wear your face mask. Right, and it's like black folks and white folks are not wearing face masks at the same rate. And yet we're disproportionately impacted by the policing of this. Right. So that means that hints. To, well, it's not even a hint. That means institutionalized racism, historical oppression towards this group. Right. It's not just about their decision making. It's about how we're enforcing. Right. These things called these laws that are disproportionately impacting black bodies. Right. But I found out that the worst thing in all of this is for people to just not care. Right. That they see it. They even see that there might be, you know, it's like, OK, there might be something to that. But you know what? I'm not going to change what I do. I've been teaching like this for 20, 30, however, 10, five, whatever years I've been teaching like this already. This is the way I'm going to teach. And I don't care. Right. And you know, that breaks my heart. And yet at the same time, I know that there's, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are trying to do better. And so those are the folks that get me fired up. Those, that, those are the folks, the, the, y'all, the folks that are listening to my podcast right now. So, um, and I know that there's more people out there that, that are doing that, that are doing that. And yet at the same time, I see it, I see it you know, on my campus, on other campuses and whatever, it's like some people just don't care. And, you know, and, and I, and honestly, I don't know how you become a teacher and not care. I I don't, I don't know that. I don't know how that happens, but it seems to happen a lot. Black people are more likely to get coronavirus and they're more likely to die from COVID-19. Like that's just, that's just the facts of it, folks, like straight up. And quite honestly, more likely it's worse than what we know because people in the beginning of this, they weren't even collecting race data. Right. And, And that reminds me of equity. Like, why are we doing this again? I mean, I thought we was doing this with the affirmative action. I thought we was doing this with student success. I thought we were doing this with diversity initiatives. I thought we were doing that already. But clearly, whatever we were doing, we weren't focusing on the thing that we were supposed to be focusing on. And that's race. (laughs) We got to keep coming back to race because every time we, we propose something, every time we want to talk about race, we always deflect it. Oh, it's about being poor. Oh, it's about being first generation. Oh, it's about it's about anything but race. Right. Race and institutionalized racism is anything but that. Right. 
And I'll tell you what, after collecting my data, I, I am thoroughly convinced that this is not about racist teachers, but it is about institutionalized racism. Those are very, those are two very different things. But for real, folks, right, it's like it's like we have racism without racism is being perpetuated without racists. And so I'm not calling anyone a racist right now. What I'm telling you is that institutional racism is being perpetuated in our everyday classrooms, our everyday lives. Right. And and you can see this because it's like I'll tell you what his hegemony has never pivoted so fast before in its life in regards to talking about how fast food workers are like, you know, it's like before all of this COVID-19 stuff, you would have just said that being a fast food worker is probably one of the lowest things that you could do on the totem pole. And then and then hegemony pivots with COVID-19 and all of a sudden fast food workers and, and people and people in the service industry all of a sudden become essential employees, therefore exposing, being more likely to expose themselves to the coronavirus. And guess what? Those are the places that a lot of black folks, uh, like there's a high concentration of black folks, right? And then the more likely to dying part, right? It's like that there's, there's a lot of things. It's like there's, there's, uh, there's data on this that, that, the medical institutions, right, and the healthcare institutions, that they don't believe black people when they say that they're in pain or they're struggling or, or like they, they don't believe them. It, it, that's that's what's happening. There's people who have been who have died because the the hospital like sent them home and things like sent them back home and things like that. And I'm just like, wow. Right. Like, wow, this is actually happening. And so now when I think about, you know, COVID-19 while black in, in, in equity, it's like this is what's happening and we know it. Right. We already know this part. And that is and that is on that distance education, online teaching. Right. Remote learning that, that it disproportionately impacts disproportionately impacted groups. That's what we know. We already know that meaning this, that. When you're when we're teaching a, an on ground class, right? When we're teaching a face to face class, that uh, we have equity gaps. We're seeing those uh, those equity gaps with black and brown students, right? It's like the, those. It's called the gap five, right? It's like the gap is five. What we see online is that that five goes to ten. That not, the gap is bigger online and with distance education, remote learning is like the gap is bigger online for black and brown students. The gap is even worse online. Okay. So now check this, right? So here we have COVID-19 that sends us all into a remote teaching space. And now what we're going to, now what we see is a disproportionate impact on the disproportionately impacted group disproportionately because, because we have to think about this, right? It's like, it's, it's not just now, it's not just about online teaching or remote learning and stuff like that. Now we're talking about that there are people like myself. I'm not even going to sit here and like dance around this. There's people like myself who have stayed away from online teaching for a reason. I don't, I don't particularly, I, you know, before all of this stuff happened, I, I really wasn't trying to get into the space. I really preferred face-to-face classes and I didn't want to learn all the technology stuff. And then I was forced to learn it. And so you're, so what wound up happening is that we forced people to, the, we forced people who didn't want to teach online to teach online to students who didn't want to be online in the first place, right? And so then... How can we possibly imagine that this is not going to disproportionately dis- impact, disproportionately impacted groups disproportionately, right? And so then this to me is what I'm going into the summer with. 
It's not anger. Yeah, I mean, I am angry. Don't please don't misunderstand. But it's not anger. What it is, is that a burning desire to be the best teacher that I can be. And that means closing equity gaps, not also not. And there's nothing, there's no conjunction that goes in there. Being the best teacher that I can be means closing equity gaps. And so I'm going to have a full summer, folks. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm going to do. I already know a a lot of the work that I I need to do is just, uh, you know, a lot of the work that needs to be done. Um, But there's going to be a lot of discovery, a lot of learning, um, a lot of repositioning, a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. This is, this will probably be the, the most that I've ever worked hands down uh, during the summer in regards to improving my teaching. And, and I, and honestly, I look forward to it. I really do. I am wiped out now, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to what's, to what we are going to become because of all this COVID-19, because of COVID-19. And I want us to never forget is that that race is essential. Talking about race is essential to actually solving the equity challenges that we have. It is essential. And if we don't talk about race, we're going to miss the mark again. So anyway, folks, that's all I have for this episode. I hope you learned something. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reteach. If you want to learn more about me or my open source introduction to sociology textbook, please go to brucehoskins.com. In closing, I want to leave us all with a question. If you learned something today that you think would help close your student equity gaps, how long will it take to incorporate this into your classroom? A year? A semester? Next month? Today? No matter the timetable, we must commit ourselves to becoming better teachers. Our students deserve it all of them, not just the ones that are good already.